0: This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomren and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. Well, I want to welcome all of our online viewers. Praise the Lord. Thank you for being with us. I would just encourage you as well to just just expect to receive from heaven. There's no distance in the Spirit, you know. When the word goes forth, he will confirm the word in your home as you receive it. And just believe with us, hallelujah, for the right words to go forth tonight, and so everybody will be blessed by what God has for them. Praise the Lord. Are you guys happy to be in church tonight? Yes. I sure am. Hallelujah. You know, I get excited about church. Praise the Lord. When believers get together, hallelujah, Jesus shows up. And... Uh, I believe that I have a word from heaven tonight, and I would just encourage you to listen with everything that is in you, because we're not here just to take up space in a pew. You know, we're not just here because we have nothing better to do. Do some of you have something else you could have done tonight? I'm sure. I'm sure we all have lists, you know, about this long, about everything we should have done, but you chose to be here. And you know what? When you honor God, He will honor you. Hallelujah. You know that? He will honor you, and He will give you what you came for. Hallelujah. So I just, I just, I just I would just encourage you to, to expect tonight to hear from heaven. And a lot of this is probably going to not, maybe not everything, but some of it might be things that you've heard before. But do not turn off and just think in your heart that I know this. Yeah, I've heard this before. It's easy to do when you've been going to, to church for a while and you've heard, you know, a lot of word, but there's, there's no limit Hallelujah to, to, to the light and the revelation that is in the word, even in the same passage. You might have heard it, you know, hundreds, maybe thousands of times before. But today there can be a light bulb that goes off and you will see things in a different light. I, 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 can, I can remember, you know, being in services and, and, and it's just like, wow, you know, I got new revelation of this and I had no idea. I just actually got new revelation the other day as I was talking to a friend of mine on the phone. We we're just talking about the word of God. And it's just like something that's just dropped in my heart that I hadn't seen in that way before. And it blessed both me and him tremendously. You know, and so, so God knows where you're at. Did you know that? He knows exactly what's going on in your life and he will minister to you exactly what you need and all of you in here have are in different places probably have different needs in your lives and you're in different places and but god knows exactly where you are and he knows exactly what you need for today hallelujah so that you can 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 just live in victory all the days of your lives and have a life of purpose Praise the Lord, and that's what we 're going to talk about. you know I 've been talking here the last two times I 've been speaking with you about following the plan of God for your life, and I'm going to continue to kind of kind of look to, through those things and because I think it's so, so very important. Hallelujah, how many of you know that there's so many things that fight for attention these days? There, there's your phone, you know you have people that you know, and then you have Facebook there's people that you don't even know, and so and, but you still read up on what's happening in their lives you know and so, <laughs> It's amazing, and then you have the news, and they're just bombarding you with all kinds of stuff that is really, at the end of the day, maybe not so important. You know, and it might just, you know, just, just rob you of your peace and your joy. Anybody say amen to that? Hallelujah. And so, that's why we come to church to get reminded of things. You know, if, it, if it's the only time that you look into the Word is when you're in church, you're in trouble. Right. <laughs> if you only look into the Word when you're at church, you're in trouble, because that will not keep you. You know, the word says that, you know, above all, above all else, guard your heart. For out of it is it, the wellspring of life. And so we need to guard our hearts. We need to guard what comes in. Hallelujah. My dad, he always said, you know, he was very careful about what he was watching on television. And he's what well, also, I would take him, you know, we'll go to a movie. I thought, this is a great movie. And, you know, just, he, he and at the beginning, he'd just get up and walk out. Uh, and, of course, at that time, it bothered me because I'm like, we paid good money for this. And so I'm not going to just get, you know, but, you know, I would honor my dad. I would go out. And it's just like, you know, he's, he's, and his philosophy was that he says, if it doesn't come in either the eye gate or the ear gate, he says, I don't have to deal with it. And so, and that was something that he lived by. And, and, and the thing is that I, I, you know, many people wouldn't look at him as very spiritual, but uh, cause he, he was just a hard worker and he, he would just, you know, if people sat around just, just idle talking for too long, he'd get up and walk out. Like, this is a waste of time. <laughs> but if we would pray together, the guy would just get answers from heaven right away. He was so keen to the things of the Spirit. And people just like, you know, that thought they were spiritual, not even in the same category. He would just pick stuff up. Why was that? Why well, he guarded his heart. I didn't say it was perfect. None of us are perfect either, right? But... He, guarded, he, he would guard his heart in this area, and because of it, he would be able to pick up on stuff. And that was all for you, it was not even in my notes. Praise the Lord. And so what we're talking about, following the plan of God for your life, and isn't it important, you think, to be able to hear? Because, <laughs> you know, if, if somebody's trying to talk to you, and I don't know if you've been, you know, maybe you're at a workplace, you know, I was, when I was working, you know, we had earmuffs on. You know, so you could, you could talk to somebody, they would not hear what you were saying. Well, if you're walking around your whole life with your earmuffs on, well, it's going to be really hard for God to, to, to give you instruction and to help you, to, to help you guide you in life, to help you, you, you miss some things that you're supposed to miss and help you hit some blessings that you're supposed to hit. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And so we need to guard, you know, our hearts above all else, for out of it spring the well spring of life. You know, God is a spirit. Did you know that? You know, and he will talk to you in here. You know, it might not always be an audible voice, but it'll be something that's, well, maybe you shouldn't do that. Or it might be, yeah, you, 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 you probably should do that. And you're just like, nah, I don't know. I mean, that doesn't sound like fun. You know, that doesn't sound like it's going to bless me right now. But I mean, if you're, if, if, if you're really, if you're, if you're smart, you'll listen. You know, and, and so, you know, many people, they just, they just, they just, they just pursue different things in life and they override those leadings on the inside. They override them and then they find themselves in a the place they don't like and then they blame God. Well, you're supposed to bless me. You're supposed to keep me safe. And here I am. I just got into this mess. Well, I can promise you he tried to warn you. He tried to warn you. I remember uh, Brother Keith Moore, he was talking about when he was at the prayer line at, at, at uh, Kenneth Hagen Ministries. And this lady, was. she called in and she was crying and she was all upset. And, and she said, I got mugged, you know, I was in this part of town, and I got mugged, and, and they robbed me, and, 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 and she was just crying and crying and crying, and he was just like, and she said, I pled the 91st Psalm. You know, I always do that, you know, I, I plead the 91st Psalm for God to, to protect me, his angels encamp around me, you know, to keep me safe. And, and, and so she, she, and, and she said, God didn't do it. And so he's like, he's like asking the Lord, he's like, what do I do here, you know? This lady is upset, she needs an answer. And she said, well, he said, did you have like a scratch on the inside or something that you might not, shouldn't have done that? She says, yeah. Yeah, I did. But I pled the 91st Psalm. Well, guess what? Guess what? You can plead the 91st Psalm all you want to. But if you don't heed the leadings of the Holy Ghost, he's not going to be able to keep you safe. He's going to try to keep you safe. He's going to try to get you blessed. But if you don't listen... To what he says, guess what? He's not gonna be able to. But the thing is that God always speaks, did you know that? He's always trying to communicate to you. But if you're not on the same frequency, you're not gonna pick it up. Or if you override it, then you're on your own. That was not in my notes either. But somebody might might need it. You know, and it's like because we were talking about following the plan of God for your life. And you need to be obedient. You need to follow. Did you know that sheep follow their shepherd? Did you know that? And because they do, he's able to keep them safe. He's able to get them blessed. You know, you might find this interesting. You know, the Lord told Kenneth E. Hagin. He said, if you learn to be led by my spirit, he said, I'll make you rich. He says, I'm not opposed to my, people, my, my, my children being rich. I'm opposed to, be, to them being covetous. I'm opposed to money having them, but I'm not opposed to them having it. How many of you are opposed to your kids being rich? Let me see your hand. How many of you are like, I do not want them to have more than absolutely necessary. I really, actually, I want them to struggle in life. I really don't want them to get an education. I don't really want them to succeed at anything. None of us thinks that way, do we? Not any of us. I mean... (laughs) Even if you don't have kids, you know better, right? You want them to have the best. You want to, 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 to help them in life. But guess what? If they won't listen, you can't help them. It's like I told my daughter. You know, she's almost four years old, and, and she, she ran out the front door one day. You know, we have a, kind of a busy street in front of us. And, but she always tells me, you keep me safe, Dad, don't you? I said, yes, I do. You keep me safe, don't you? Yes, I do. She says that all the time because I've told her, I'll keep you safe. You know, me and God together, you'll be good. And so, but she ran out. So she came in and, 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 and I, I got this from heaven. I was like, you know, the Lord helped me. You know, I said, I can't keep you safe if you don't listen. Because I can say all day long that I'm going to keep you safe. But if also said that you're not supposed to go out there on your own. Well, if she wanders out there on her own, guess what? I'm not going to be able to keep her safe. God said obedience is better than sacrifice. (laughs) None of this is in my notes. But we asked the Lord for unction, didn't we? We asked the Lord for the word that we needed for today, didn't we? And so, so far, we need to listen. That's what I'm getting out of all of this. We need to listen. We need to listen to the voice of the Spirit so that we can stay safe. Because our God is a loving God. Our God is on our side. Our God has done everything that he needs to do already to redeem us from every evil thing in this world. I mean, I'm not saying that we're not going to go through through some, some challenges, because if you live for a little bit, you know that living in this world, there will be some challenges, right? But God will always get you out of it. Hallelujah. He will always get you out of it if you will listen. You know, He's redeemed us from sickness. He's redeemed us from poverty. And He's redeemed us from spiritual death. Spiritual death is separation from God. You know, that, that's, that's, that's being dead to God. That's not even... You know, you you can't even hear God. And so he's redeemed us from all of that. He's put us into fellowship with him through what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. And in that, he gave us everything that we will ever need. And so now I'm going to get to my notes here. We've been talking about Paul a lot in in my last two sessions, and I want to just use Paul. And I have 12 pages of notes, so we probably won't get through all of it. But we're going to start, and we'll see how far we get. How about that? We're going to start in Acts chapter 9, and I've been reading this every time uh, I've been talking to you about following the plan of God for your life, and this is Paul on the road to Damascus in Acts chapter 9, and um, this, this talks about how he, or <laughs> how we found out that Jesus is Lord. So we're going to start reading in verse 1. So then Saul, still breeding threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and has letter from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that if he found any who were of the way... With the men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, Who are you, Lord? Then the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he trembling and astonished said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the Lord said to him, Arise and go into the city, and you'll be told what you must do. And the man who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. And I was bringing out this point, and I'll bring it out again. You know, Paul, he heard this, and Jesus said, Why are you persecuting me? As far as Paul knew, he was persecuting the church, wasn't he? He was perse- persecuting those that were believers in Jesus Christ. And he was, bring, you know, he was bringing them into prison. And he was, he was, you know, he was there when Stephen was stoned. And, uh, and so he was wreaking havoc on the church. But Jesus, he doesn't see any difference between himself and the church. Right. And I believe that this was the beginning of Paul's revelation of the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ. And <clears throat> I've been talking about you know, the importance of finding your place in the body. And I want to go out on further now and see what happens uh, after the experience on the, on, on the road to Damascus, what happened right after to Paul. And I'm going to pick up here in verse 10. It says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus, and this is still Acts 9. Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. Behold, he's praying. Now Paul's praying. <laughs> He's blind, he's in, <laughs> and he's praying. Hallelujah. In verse 12, and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem, and, there, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. And then Ananias went his way and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came, has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he received his sight at once, and he arose and was baptized. So when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Immediately he preached to Christ in the synagogues that he is the Son of God. Then all who heard were amazed and said, Is this not he who destroyed those who called on his name in Jerusalem, and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priests? But Saul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, proving that this Jesus is the Christ." Now after, many days, now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul, and they watched the gates day and night to kill him. Then the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a large basket. And then I'm going to jump back to this scripture in a little bit, but I want to go to Galatians chapter 1 first. I'm going to read quite a few scriptures here. Just If you don't have time to turn there, just get on the screens and follow. It's Galatians 1 and verse 15. This is Paul kind of talking about the same um, experience here. Galatians 1:15. When it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace to reveal his son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles, except James the Lord's brother, now concerning the things which are right to you indeed before God I do not lie and afterwards I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia and I was unknown by faith to the church of Judea which were in Christ so anyhow he says here that he went into Arabia and he was there for three years and scholars are like they don't really know exactly when this happened but most of them thought that when you know, Luke was the writer of Acts and when we were reading in uh, Acts chapter 9 and verse 23 says, Now after many days were passed, the Jews plotted to kill him. So they think maybe he was in Damascus and he went in and out to Arabia to preach the gospel to the Gentiles and also spent some time in solitude. Because the thing is that after this experience, you know, uh, Paul's life got, got turned upside down. Yes, he was a Pharisee. He knew the scriptures, but he didn't know the scriptures by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. So now, after he got he got he 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 received Jesus as a Lord and Savior, and you know he was baptized in the Holy. The Holy Ghost is now in him. He's the teacher and he's the guide, right? So many scholars think that he spent about three years now rereading, restudying what. He and the Holy Ghost was teaching him who we are in Christ. He was the one who carried that revelation, wasn't he? And you know when you were when you met Jesus. It changed your life completely, didn't it? Absolutely turned it upside down, and you realize that there's more to this than what I thought. Well, how many of you know that you don't know everything (laughs) about what happened that day, the day you got born again? Right? It just, it, it got your attention, though. And there's more. There is much, much more. And so Paul, I believe that Paul spent a lot of that time in the Word, in prayer, praying in the Holy Ghost, did you know that you can see some things when you pray, when you spend time with the Master, when you spend time with the Spirit of God, when you spend time in the Word of God? You know, the entrance of the Word gives light, doesn't it? It gives understanding to the simple. And in these things, I would say all of us are fairly simple. <laughs> we're all we're fairly uneducated about what Jesus has done for us, about all that he accomplished for us the day that he died and that he went to hell. He defeated Satan. He defeated all the works of the enemy. And he basically (laughs) was the firstborn among many brethren and sisters. You and me. We're made in his image, in his likeness. And there's so much that he did for us that we don't even know. And Paul said it's going to take the ages to come for God to be able to reveal to us how kind he has been to us in Christ Jesus. The ages to come, the eons to come. It's a long time. But we can understand more than we do today, can't we? If we apply ourselves and if we take this seriously, because I'm telling you what, I think the reason why the Lord is wanting us to talk about these things now is because it's going to be very, very important for you to be settled in who you are in Christ, what he has done for you, the plan of God for your life, and where you are supposed to be in these coming days. Because you know we know, you know, we're in the last days, that might last for a long time, but I know this, it's not gonna be any easier. Right? I don't know how long it is, but I know that what what you know, occupy until he comes. What are you supposed to be occupied with? It's not just whatever. It's not just whatever, hum de da You know, as long as I can just take care of my family and blah 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 blah, we're good. Well, that's good. That's a good start because a lot of people don't even do that. So that's a good thing. But God has a plan and a purpose for all of us that we need to fulfill. Can I get an amen? amen. I'm going to bring this out a little bit more here. Paul, in Acts chapter 26, he's standing before King Agrippa. You know, Jesus told him that you were going to stand before kings. Hallelujah. And talk about me. So he's, he's, uh, he's in front of King Agrippa in Acts chapter 26. And um, he's, he's again revealing, you know, talking about his, his, um, his conversion experience. You know, and in, in verse 9, he says, Indeed, I myself thought I must do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. This I also did in Jerusalem. And many of the saints are shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest. And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. And I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to to blaspheme. And being exceedingly enraged against them, I persecuted them even to foreign cities. While thus occupied us, I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests. At midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven brighter than the sun shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, "Who are you, Lord?" And he said, "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose—to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you to open their eyes." in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. There were some things that he was still going to reveal to Paul, and there's some things that God still wants to reveal to you about what he has done in you and about what he has called you to do, because we all have a call on our lives. They're all different, but Paul said we are the body of Christ. And I was just reading you know about the little toe i looked it up on the way here it says people who are broken or lost their little toes reported they keep falling over they find it really hard to walk without them our little toes help us to balance they help us to distribute our weight evenly over the whole foot to make us more stable what if god has made you a little toe and you're supposed to bring stability He might not have made you a mouth. Maybe he made you a little toe. And it's like, well, if I'm just a little toe. No, no, no. A little toe is important because without the little toe, the whole body might fall over. It might not have the stability it needs. And I have seen this in ministry. I've seen people, genuine calls on their lives, great anointings to preach the gospel fall. Because the people that were supposed to be around them, to steady them. That had gifts in other areas, had integrity, was not there to help them. And they fell. And great was the fall, because people like that has a tendency to reach a lot of people. And people are people, and they look to people. And they wonder, what's up with this? You know, I thought, God this, God that. They look at the person, and now he has made many to stumble. Because maybe the little toe was not in his place. So every part of the body is necessary for this thing to go on and to be stable and to reach its potential. That's why God put the church together. There's no no call in the body of Christ that's supposed to stand on his own. Not one. And you don't have to live very long before you start to appreciate the people that God has put in your life appreciate the the friends, the connections that is put in your life because you're going to need them all. Because you're going to be in a place. I don't care how you think that I've got it all figured out. You ain't got it all figured out. And before you know it, you stump your toe. It's like, man, I didn't expect this. And then what? You need somebody to come help you bandage your toe, get you back on your feet, help you. There's nobody that can do this on their own. And I have seen this, you know, (laughs) you go through life and then something happens and and your world is turned upside down. It's like, I never expected this. Have you ever been there? We've all been in a place where we never expected this. And I've seen that. And in those times. God has already made provision. If you have listened and he has put people in your life and you have have developed that relationship, now it's time. Now there will be a help to you. Now I'll be able to minister to you from heaven. This was so vivid to me when my dad passed away because it was so unexpected. Nobody expected me. I was just like, this is not going to take him out. And there he went. And my world was turned upside down. And you know when you're really hurting, when you're in a place where I didn't know that I could hurt this much, then you need the comfort of the Holy Ghost. And you might not be in a place where you're even able to hear for yourself. Because you're hurting so much, how many of you know that your soul can be very loud? And you can hurt very much. But God has put some people in your life because he knew you were going to need them. And I can remember, I was on the phone with a friend of mine, and we were just talking about these things. This was right after, you know, not right after, but a little bit after Dad had passed. And and I just, and this is also another thing, I felt impressed to pray in the Holy Ghost on the phone, just out of nowhere. So I just yielded to it, and I did. And he had the interpretation and guess what happened when that interpretation hit me? The grief broke. Because there's a grief that brings death. And you need help to get out of that. And the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, but he works through people. Did you know that? Oh, yes, he will comfort. And he will help. But he's just a helper. He needs people to work through. And in this Particular time, he used my friend, and was I happy. Do you think I was happy about that? It wasn't, you know, the loss, it wasn't all gone. Not the fact that I missed him wasn't gone, but it broke that grief that brought death. Because there is a grief that is not healthy. There's a grief that will bring you to a place that you you do not want to go. Because you can forget about even even a preacher can forget what the Bible says about eternal life that this thing is just like a like a vapor it's gone and just this thing down here that we're doing on here is the shortest operation will ever be involved in did you know that and that is not very real to most people it's because we need to we need to meditate on these things so that it's real to us because the Bible says so do you think that God would lie No, I don't think so. We just kind of hear about heaven and we kind of just like, well, you know, yeah, we'll go to heaven, you know, one day and stuff. But (laughs) there's so much more. We're not done when we get to heaven. It's like we're going to sit on a cloud and play that harp that some people talk about. (laughs) Who would like to do that for eon after eon? A good kind of boring, I would think. You know, there's much more to this than what we can see right now. And those that have gone on before us, they are there. They're enjoying it, and they're probably praying for you. That you will get your eyes open so you will see that you can make an impact and a great difference in people's lives right down here, right now. Because after you're up there, I'm sure you can still pray for people on the earth, but you can't give them a hug. You can't go and tell them an encouraging word. You can't be led by the Holy Ghost and go over there and have that word that will lift them up and out of that dark place. God needs you right now. And the Holy Spirit lives in you. And he's got the answer to everything that everybody around us needs. But he still needs somebody who will listen to him. And to acknowledge him. You know, Kenneth Hagin said, you know, we need to be God inside-minded Always aware that God lives in us. That'll help you make decisions. God is with me all the time. It might make you turn off the TV at times. (laughs) Okay, Holy Ghost, what what, what should we watch today? We might turn on Blippi. I don't know. (laughs) Some people know who he is. Goofiest thing ever. But at least it's safe, right? Praise the Lord. It is, it's that in Hallmark movies for as long as it lasts. Oh, my gosh. You know the story way before it even begins. And my daughter wants to marry me at the end of each and every one of them. It's hilarious. We dance. I'm not going to show you my dance. But we dance at the end. of Because, oh, Daddy, you want to marry me? I was like, sure I do. Anyhow, that's Oh, that's so cute isn't it <laughs> anyhow <laughs> how do you recover from that one <laughs> I don't even know hallelujah we're talking about Paul and in Galatians chapter 1 verse 11 I'm gonna read it through the Young's literary, literal translation so you probably don't have that one on you and um, Paul is talking about, you know, what he's preaching. He said, I make known to you, brethren, the good news that were proclaimed by me, that it's not according to man. For neither did I from man receive it, nor was I taught it, but through a revelation of Jesus Christ. And this is my note in here. I said, Paul received the revelation of who Jesus is and what he's done for us through his death, burial, and resurrection. And through that revelation, he found himself. You will not find yourself outside of Jesus Christ when you've given your life to him your life is his now his life is also yours and you will never be able to find yourself outside of that and this is very very and I'm going to jump here because I have so many different scriptures but I want to get to uh, Ephesians chapter 1 Uh, there we are. I'm jumping over a lot here, but for sake of time. Ephesians chapter 1, and this is Paul, you know, he's, he's, he's talked to, to the Ephesian church a little bit about what Jesus did for them. And then in verse 15, and we've all heard this before, or most of us, I think, but he says in Ephesians 1, verse 15, It says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you. I do not cease means he did this all the time making mention of you in my prayers that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ the Father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him the eyes in the knowledge of Jesus the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling of his calling what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the Saints in you and me right and what is the exceeding greatness of His power toward us who believe? According to the working of His mighty power, which He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His right hand in the heavenly places. He seated Him, where? Verse 21, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And He put all things under His feet and gave Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him fulfills all in all. And so he prayed this without ceasing for the church there at Ephesus. And this, you know, he was praying for believers. He was praying for believers that they would see. Hallelujah. So they would see one of the things, the first, that the eyes of their understanding being enlightened. Hallelujah. You need the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened so you can see clearly and understand what Jesus has done for you and your part in that. Next thing, that you may know what is the hope of His calling did you know that his calling is now your calling his calling is now your calling I like to say it this way if you're sitting at home you don't just your, your head just, just doesn't go out the door and go do its own thing does it no. no your whole body always moves together so his calling is now your calling and you need to know what that is and you need to find yourself in him, where is my spot in that? What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? What is all that is yours because of what he did? Now, your inheritance, his inheritance is yours. And there's much I could say about that, but I'm not going to say anything more because of time, because I want to just drive home this one point. The next thing is, what is it? the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe? And we really need to understand. When we receive the Holy Spirit, he's the same spirit that raised Christ right out of the grave. And I like to say it this way, same spirit, same results. So if there's anything that sin did in your life, the Holy Ghost can take it away. Not just, not just that, he has, that God took away your sins, but he will also remove the stains of sin. What the sin did in your mind, in your thinking, in your heart. He's able to remove all of that. Take it away. So you won't even, there's not even going to be a trace of the fact that you once lived in sin. Isn't that good news? And you know, oh, here it is. I'm jumping a little bit in my notes here. But you know, Jesus, I said, you know, I told you that, that his calling is now your calling. Well, in Luke 4, 18, Jesus kind of summed it up. And he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. You need to find yourself in that. And you're like, what in the world? I mean, me? Preach the gospel? I didn't say that you needed to be the preacher, but you have a place in the body to help the message go out. You know, like, what about Aaron back there? You know, he's making sure that this goes out on Facebook and on YouTube live. You know, Jeff back there, he's running that camera, making sure that they get a shot of what's going on. And so people out there can hear it. That's part of preaching the gospel, isn't it? What about the ones that are over here in in the nursery and the toddlers and, and preschool? You know, so that you can sit in here and actually listen. Because if you had three or four kids on top of you, you wouldn't be able to get a thing. Not even one. You wouldn't even be able to focus. Do you think they are helping the gospel go out? What about over in kids' church? They're doing the same thing there. And youth, they're doing the same thing there. And all the ushers and everybody else, you know, greeters, they're all part of getting the gospel out. And so... What I would encourage everyone is just get involved somewhere and do something. And then God will honor that and he will show you and he'll lead you and guide you into your perfect place. Where you fit perfectly. It's because I got involved and then now I'm getting relationships and now, and I, really, I, and I also realized, you know, all the other places that I would volunteer, I would volunteer with Shekinah Glory, you know, they've been traveling for over 30 years, preaching the gospel to the local church and, I'm, uh, and, and I got stuff from them. I was just volunteering and I was, and, and by volunteering, I was able to be around and did you know what? You get stuff when you hang around people. And also you will find that God will lead you this way, and he will, he will pull you towards something that is along the lines that your ultimate call is. Did you know that? You will know there's something there that I want. And then so what do you do? Well, I would just volunteer. I would just go and I, I, would, I would clean up their backyard, clean leaves out of their backyard. I would pick them up at the airport when they came, no matter what time of day it was. I would even... Uh, Cindy, if you're listening to this, I'm sorry, but I was I was I was watching her little Pomeranian. She needed somebody to watch the dog. The dog actually bit one of the other volunteers. It's hilarious. In the face. Uh huh. He's little, little angry guy. So, anyhow, he was a nice dog, but I just I just lived in a house where I could just put him in another bedroom and close the door. He could just bark all night long. Not a problem. But what I'm saying is that I just did what I could to be around. And then you'll get deposits from heaven because you're around them. And I remember Cindy, I just saw her minister. and It's like she's kind of out there. You know, she's she's kind of a uh, some people would call her radical. And I'm just like, you know, I've seen a lot of ministers. You know, I've been around. I got born again when I was eight years old. I've seen a lot. But she I don't care about all the stuff I saw. There was something there that i wanted there was substance there's somebody that knows god that it's a prayer and it is just i knew there's something here that i want and so what do you do do what you can you gather leaves you pick them up to the airport you're just around you help when they have a meeting close by you help them set up their sound system you help them sell books you do whatever it takes to be around the things of god because you are on a pursuit to follow what god has called you to do and it's something that you need to take ownership of because there's nothing automatic about it. Right. I don't care what call you have on your life. If you just kind of do to do I am God's gift to man, I tell you what, you will never fulfill what God has called you to do. Right. Do whatever it takes and follow your heart, yeah. Okay. We started this this message by follow the promptings of the Holy Ghost because there's things that he needs, he needs you to get this. And, and, And there's stuff that you will only get through other people. Why? Because God has already given them the revelation and he put them in your life so you could get it. Now it's up to you to get it. It's up to you to pursue. It's up to you to pursue the plan of God. And it might not always look glorious and there's going to be times when you Oh, I just want to kick something. I've been there, done that. But it doesn't matter because doing what He has called me to do is of much greater importance because it's got eternal value. I'm not just filling my bank account, I'm filling my heavenly account. Amen. And there are some things that you will only get through obedience. Well, actually, there's most things you will never get unless you're just obedient to what God tells you to do. He's not, he's not asking you to be talented and all these things. He's just asking you to be obedient because He can give you everything that you need. I'm not saying that you shouldn't apply yourself you know, and, and develop your talents. You should. But let me get down here. How many, how many scriptures do you need in a sermon? I wonder as many as it takes first Timothy chapter four and verse 12 it's four, so we're gonna wrap this up here but first Timothy chapter 4 verse 12 Paul is talking to Timothy here he was a son of his in the faith you know and and, and Timothy was a man who just you know we'll, we'll see here verse 12 let no one despise your youth but be an example to the believers in word and conduct in love and spirit and faith in purity Till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Take heed to yourself and to the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this you will save both yourself and those who hear you. Paul was admonishing Timothy to do what? To give himself entirely to these things. And that's one thing that is in our culture is that church is just, yeah, I'll I'll do that if I have time. Well, you're going to miss out. You are absolutely going to miss out on what God has called you to do. It's not okay to take church lightly. God said that those that honor me, I will honor. If you honor what he has done in your life, he gave you life. He gave you everything that you have, and he also gave you purpose. You will never be fulfilled until you step into the purpose of God on your life. You might have some good days. You might have some blessings in your life, but you will never be fulfilled. You can have all the things that you want. You can, have, you can have the boat. You can have the RV. You can have the cabin in the mountains. You can have, you know, the nice home you always, and those are good things. But if that's the only thing that you're working for, you will not be fulfilled. And you will find yourself in a place where you're going to be Sorry. The only thing that will truly fulfill you is when you find out what God has called you to do. I'm not saying that is, we all have different callings. We all fill different places in the body. But you have a place and it's up to you to find it, put it that way. It's going to be up to you to dig. It's going to be up to you to actually, okay, I'm not going to do this right now. I'm actually going to read a chapter from the Bible in the morning before I do anything else. If you just commit to one chapter, you know what? The entrance of the word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. You know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So you start to feed your inner man. You start to feed your spirit. And guess what? It's going to become more alive. Because most people have starved the spirits to, 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 to the place where they can't hear a thing. But as you start to feed the inner man, as you start to listen to the Holy Ghost, guess what? You're going to hear clearer and clearer and clearer and clearer. And there's a reason why in first Thessalonians 523 says that man is spirit, soul and body. Most people have that turned around his body, soul and spirit at the end because they don't even know what that is. And so they haven't fed themselves on the word of God. They haven't given God any place in their lives. And so now they're starved and and they can't hear and they have issues. So what I'm saying, it's going to be a pursuit. There's nothing automatic about it, but I know there's a reason why you sat here tonight. There's so much distractions going on and we can't afford to be distracted anymore. We can't afford just to go through. I'm not saying that, that, that all of us is just going through life, whom did I? think most of us are probably being very uh, <laughs> engaged and, and, and hard working and all that. But we've, we've, we have gotten away from listening to God trying to help us. And that's why we get into trouble, and we get into a place where it's just like, oh my gosh, this is just hard. Well, you know, life is not supposed to be, supposed to be just hard. Did you know that? You know, Paul talks about the kingdom of God being righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. What does that mean? That means that you're supposed to have peace in your home. That means you're, you're supposed to have some joy in your heart. Joy, true joy. The joy that only comes from him. Hallelujah. Well, praise the Lord. It's, you're a good listeners It's like 809, so I'm going to have to wrap this up because there's kids that probably want their mamas by now. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, thank you, Lord Jesus. Let's just pray real quick over our message, and then we'll take up our offering, and then we'll be in our way. Father, we love you. And we're just so grateful, Father God, for your spirit always confirming the word with signs following, Father. We thank you for you. We're so grateful for your word. We're so grateful for every word, Father, comes from you because we know it gives light. We know that it always will produce what it was sent to produce in open and willing hearts, Father God. Hallelujah. No word from heaven ever returns void that is received. Hallelujah. It will produce. A bountiful harvest, and we're so grateful, Father God, for your word. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for each and every one here, Father God. I just, I just pray, hallelujah, Father, that this word will just ring in them, Father. Hallelujah, that you will fill them, Father, with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that they may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Being strengthened with all might according to your glorious power for all longsuffering and patience with joy. Hallelujah. And that joy comes from you, Father. Hallelujah. And may our lives, Father, bring you great glory. May our lives, Father, point others to Jesus. By the peace that we walk in, Father God, by the blessing that we walk in, Father, may they know that truly God is good because they couldn't do this on their own. Hallelujah. May our lives, Father, just be advertisement of how good you treat your children. Hallelujah. And we thank you, Father God, that the Holy Spirit never leaves any of us. He goes with us everywhere we go. And as we acknowledge him, Father, he will guide us into all truth. Hallelujah. And we're thankful for that, Father God. And to you be all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise to the Lord. We're going to give you an opportunity to give your tithes and offerings. And for that, you know, normally the ushers would come in the aisle, but we're not doing that yet. So there's a box at the back wall where you can drop your offering or you can text to give. I'm sure they have it up there on the screen. And uh, we can take care of all that. So I'm going to give you uh, a little bit of time to write out your checks and whatnot. For those that still write checks, there are some people that still write checks. Well, I found that it's actually... Well, it's it's actually very convenient because you always have cash on you. I found out that, you know, since I stopped carrying cash, I don't carry cash anymore. A check is really nice to have because you can always write one out. Here you go. Praise the Lord. Be blessed. Anyhow, are we ready to give? Let's pray our offering. Father, we love you, and we're so grateful, Father God, for our, for our great church. We have a place, Father, to come together, Father, where we can just learn about your things, Father, where we can get skilled in the word of righteousness, Father God, and we have a roof over our head, and we have heat, and we have, have cooling, Father, and we're so grateful, Father, that you decided to put this church right Here, Father, for such a time as this. And so, Father, we gladly bring our tithes and our offerings to you, Father God, because we love you and we know that our lives are yours because we're bought with a price. And we thank you, Father, as we get in line with your word and we put you first, Father God. You make sure that we are blessed above measure that we will never lack for any good thing, Father God. Hallelujah, because you watch over your word to perform it. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah